You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Mark Holcraft, your host for this Wednesday morning. Um, we are so blessed in our first guest who was both served with NET Ministries, NET Center for National Evangelization Team. And now we go to another acronym that is bigger. And you look at it, you're like, what is that? <laughs> um, and that is FOCUS. We're blessed. We have a FOCUS missionary who also happens to be our newest employee for the summer, uh, Rachel Ojeda. I like saying the last name. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so you might recognize Rachel's uh, voice uh, because she's been with us for the last couple of weeks. Um, but Rachel, before she joined us, she served as a focused missionary. Rachel, welcome. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, yes. Yeah, so I'm originally from Lincoln, Nebraska, um, where I grew up and went to college at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And after I graduated in 2017, I joined FOCUS, which stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, which basically sends um, recent college graduates to um, different college campuses around the United States on teams to minister to college students, um, leading them to an encounter with the Lord through different things like Bible studies, through friendship, retreat opportunities, large-scale conferences. Um, And so, I joined Focus and have just finished serving with Focus actually the last four years, and I have been serving with focus at um, North Dakota State University here in Fargo, yeah, for the last four years, so, yeah. So, you were there all four years. Is that yes. normal? That, and I've met many missionaries, they serve multiple years. Are they right. at the same campus the whole time? Um, it does happen. It's not, like, the most common thing in the world, so I feel pretty blessed to have been called to serve there for so long. It's a really cool way to build upon the relationships that you make with not only the students, but also with your chaplains. Um, different faculty and um, people in the community. And so it is a rare gift, I think, to be at a campus for so long. So Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Way cool. Well, you've already shared a little bit about what FOCUS is, mm-hmm. um, but for you as a FOCUS missionary, what were some of the specific things that you did? Yeah, so I walked um, with so many different women, um, so many different college women, really anywhere from their freshman year to their senior year at any given point, where I just really befriended them, just became their friend, tried to, you know, in in the friendship, teach them about the Lord and about what a real authentic relationship with the Lord looks like. And also a huge part too is helping them to realize what real authentic relationships with others look like and what real authentic friendship is and teaching them how to pray and how to teach others how to lead in their faith and how to teach other people how to pray. Um, yeah, through, like I said, Bible studies, but also just leading them in like one-on-one um, or, or group discipleship, mentorship, where I, yeah, just get to invest in them in a very intentional way. Um, so that was a big part of what I did, as well as going out onto campus and sitting down with random people and asking them about their faith experience um, was another big part of it. And then as well as, yeah, just investing in my teammates um, and just going out on mission with them and being a part of the Newman Center and, yeah, just going at the conversion of campus with everyone. So, yeah. (laughs) That's so loaded. (laughs) So everything you just said, Mm. um, I love it. 
and, I, and I'm, I'm picturing uh, just with whether it's some of our listeners, but your language had everything to do with pursuit. Mm-hmm. You were going after people, um, which takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, just to go up to some random stranger, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're not totally a stranger, like, hey, fellow student, you're going to find anything you have in common with yeah. them. But if you don't know them and then just immediately ask them about their faith walk, like nosy, <laughs> you know, some, some people may have some of those impressions. Mm. Um, but one of the things that stands out to me is to do that, to talk about that, to engage people, mm-hmm. you must have a prayer life. And, I, and not to be presumptuous mm-hmm. in saying that, but at the same time being presumptuous, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't mind, the, what, what did you do, uh, whether it's daily or weekly, what was a regular part of your prayer life? Mm-hmm. Uh, for you that you can then engage in that kind of evangelization. Yeah, so being a focused missionary is a huge gift in a lot of ways, but in I think the biggest way is your daily schedule allows time for missionaries to make a holy hour every day. And so I would make a holy hour daily with my teammates um, as well as attend daily mass. So that was really a huge part of our work as missionaries because we knew that if we were not praying and if we were not rooted in the Lord and in our own prayer life, then we were going to fail as missionaries because it's the Lord's mission, it's not ours. And so to continually be in conversation, relationship with the Lord, to know how to best serve the students, like to know how the Holy Spirit was asking us to go out onto campus, how to lead the students that we were investing in, and as well as, yeah, just being able to um, have times also during the week where we were praying with the Newman Center staff. We would pray morning prayer together as well, which was really cool and a really awesome way to unite not just the focus team, but the whole campus ministry team yeah. as a whole in what we were doing, trying to evangelize the campus. So prayer and a sacramental life was um, and is vital when it comes to any kind of mission, including ours. so uh, Amen to that. You know, and the, I, one of the things I'm processing, because you're right, you're going on to a college campus. Uh, a lot of the college campuses, they have their, a different setup or dynamic mm-hmm. of something that's already in place as far as a campus ministry. Mm-hmm. To be honest, whether it's effective or ineffective, you know, remains to be seen, the Lord knows. But you're going in, not necessarily to take over but when you talked about being able to pray morning prayer with the campus ministry team was awesome in its own way because certainly one of the fruits of prayer is unity. And yeah. so you unify with what is already in place and hopefully really learning what is, you know, we're learning the best from the best, if you will. What seems to be working well with the campus ministry team? What works well with focus? Mm-hmm. How can we tie those things together? Can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, it is Really, it has been really incredible to be at the NDSU Newman Center because the Newman Center there is thriving and it's very strong. It has a very strong program, um, which basically means they have very established retreats and talks and events that they do year after year. So it's very established. So it's a really cool thing to, yeah, kind of walk into and get to be a part of it and see where, as a focused missionary, I'm being called to serve within all of the moving pieces of campus ministry. So at the Newman Center, um, there's a campus minister, there are um, peer ministers, student volunteers, um, our chaplains, the faculty, uh, the staff, development staff, and um, so many different people. And so a lot of times we would come together to 
really talk about what the students need, which is a really cool thing that the missionaries can do because we're out with the students. So we have a like firsthand look into the students' lives. We're talking to them, we're hanging out with them, we're living life and experiencing life with them. So we know where they're at in terms of, you know, their faith, the culture, the just and it's really everything. And so being able to bring that to the Newman Center, to the campus minister and say, this is what the students are experiencing and this is what they need and being able to come together to provide the best opportunities for them to encounter the Lord was really cool. It, it often reminded me of what St. Paul talks about when he talks about how um, the body, like in the body of Christ, there are so many different parts, you know, like someone's the foot, someone's the hand, someone's the head, and how they all work together. And I definitely feel like that was my experience working with campus ministry as a focused missionary. Everyone has so many different roles to play, but they're also necessary and needed in order to provide the students the best college experience they can within the life of the Newman Center and creating a home. So Yeah, no, it's so good. And and you know, and thanks be to God you talked about NDSU. NDSU's Newman Center is quite established. That's the mm-hmm. word that stand, stands out to me. And not all Newman Centers are as established. Right. You know, um, and I love the scripture quote, you know, 1 Corinthians 12. That's mm-hmm. where you're going, one body, many parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, cause it, it takes, it takes all those gifts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just because God's children, us, we are all over the map. Yeah. <laughs> We're yep. all over the place. Yep. And so one of those intangibles and I don't know that you said this phrase, but certainly what you're speaking to is meeting people where they're at. Right. And so the language you're using, investing, uh, being intentional, uh, really reaching out to them, going where they are. You know, it's you know, it's incarnational in a certain sense, and that you're meeting them where they're at. Uh, so good, so good. So uh, in just a couple minutes, we're going to need to take a break. But before we go on break, can you share with us what was it um, that you knew? You felt called to serve as a focused missionary, or you know, what was your experience with focus before you actually decided to? Yeah, um, and I just gave you a limit of two minutes. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, I can do it fast. Um, so, growing up, my I knew a lot about focus. The focus team at the University of Nebraska, where I went to college, is very big. There's like ten missionaries, maybe more. It's a big, wow. lot of missionaries there. Mm-hmm. So. Focus is very common in Nebraska, and a lot of people become focused missionaries. So that being said, growing up, my parents have supported focused missionaries, so they would always come into our house to meet with my parents. And I always remember thinking to myself when I was younger that what they were doing was incredibly important. And they were full of joy, and they were passionate about what they were doing, serving the college students and bringing the light of Christ to them. So I think in my heart, I always knew that I was going to do that. Um, And then when I went to college, I studied broadcasting production, so television and radio, and honestly fell in love with it. I just thought it was a really incredible way to communicate messages that were important to people, to share stories that mattered, and that could apply to the lives of so many other people. And so that's why I went into broadcasting to share stories, but I quickly realized that the greatest story of all that we could share is the story of Jesus Christ to share the gospel and invite people to live in relationship with him because we're all created for relationship with God. And I realized that these college students, they either didn't know that or they did know, but they didn't care. And that broke my heart. And I think in that like breaking of my heart, I felt this call from the Lord very deeply to tell them the truth of the, yeah, tell them the truth of the world and tell them the truth of Christ and um, to bring his love to them and share 
just how much that he loves them because I knew that the world wasn't going to do it. And so in that, just felt him call me to do that. And I applied for Focus and, yeah, became a Focus missionary after that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, kind of a lot of different things through my um, young adult young life i guess well it's what the lord does it's what the lord does he's going to use so many things to speak and it's amazing Mm -hmm. what he uses Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's like the lord's going to use dysfunction Mm -hmm. to speak and break through uh, into our hearts Mm -hmm. you know uh again like incarnational is the Mm -hmm. word right and so um thanks for sharing so good Mm -hmm. uh we needed to go on break here Uh, when we come back we'll return with rachel and I'm going to ask Rachel some some of the things, if you're with us in the first half hour, what were some of the joys and challenges she ran into on campus? Mm. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. How can you know for sure that your loved one is in heaven? Well, the short answer is you can't. I'm Father Chris Alar, but you can have confident hope that they are saved because no matter when or how they died, even by suicide, you can pray and make sacrifices now to still help them accept God's final offer of grace. Jesus told St. Faustina, Call upon my mercy on behalf of sinners. I desire their salvation. When you pray with faith on behalf of some sinner, I will give him the grace of conversion. Wow, if you desire heaven for someone, God desires it even more. So do your part to help them get there. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Mark Holcraft. I'm serving as your host this morning. I'm in studio in Fargo with Rachel Ojeda. This morning's theme if you're just joining us, it's really kind of been based on service, and that's where we're going to go, and just the variety of ways that we can serve the Lord. On the first half hour, we talked with a couple of young adults who served with Net Ministries, and now we're talking with Rachel Ojeda, who has just finished, just finished her time serving as a focus missionary. And so we're going to jump right in, and Rachel, I just wanted to ask you, 
you know, you shared a lot beautifully and articulate about uh, prayer and about what the mission of Focus is, um, what you did at NDSU. But what were some of those challenges and, and some of the blessings? But first, what were some of those challenges that you ran into as a Focus missionary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking back on four years and some of the greatest challenges, um, I guess I'll speak into two. One is it's obviously very challenging when you are investing in a student who like doesn't want to know the Lord. Um, I think that was something that I found challenging or just um, yeah, knowing a lot of different women um, who were just really suffering um, and who didn't know the Lord and, you know, at the end of the day, you're able to invite them into Bible study to walk with them, but it's really like them choosing to like love the Lord with all their heart. And so I think just being able to be in their suffering was very challenging just because, you know, the women that I've served, I love them. And so to like see their suffering um, and knowing that I have the truth and the answers, I think is um, sometimes the hardest thing to, yeah, to have your heart broken. Um, but yeah. But it's really beautiful to see that the ways the Lord still continued to work in those. Um, That was a challenge. And then I think another one is um, learning how to love is challenging. Um, (laughs) It's very good. Um, And it's a beautiful thing to learn how to love. But um, you are working with lots of different students. But you're also placed on a team um, with teammates. And you're not all the same is something that I learned. You're all very different. And I have had the most incredible teammates ever i say i think so i love my teams they have quickly become some of my closest and dearest friends but they're all very different and learning how to love is challenging being able to give of yourself and sacrifice um for others is challenging there's so much beauty in it though and so it's like these are challenges but they're so good and they help to form me and to help me to grow so in all of the challenges i think i really saw the you know the hand of the lord in all of it and so these are things that I grew in a lot in my time and focus. So, yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And the challenges are so often what fortify. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Iron hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It breaks down. It, it hurts. Um, but the, it's the refiner's fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, as I'm listening to you, I was made to reflect even a, a little bit about our guests previous and you shared yeah. like oh gosh i could relate to some oh, of the things they were saying 100 um and because it, it's interesting because in a way and i don't know if you found this so i don't want to put words in your mouth mm-hmm. uh but in a way it sounds like the ministry part to the you know to whom you're ministering mm-hmm. it's almost easier <laughs> and yeah. the hard part is because you're loving those people for sure but those that you're closest to, your, your teammates, the focus missionaries, and, and you did it for four years, yeah. and so it wasn't the same team every year. Um, so you kind of, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of starting over, and yet mm-hmm. you're picking up where you left off from the year before, but a new team, so there's yep. going to be some new ten, new dynamics. Yes. Um, I think what, one of the things I said in the last segment was you really come to a deeper understanding of what it means, like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I don't feel like loving them. I'm going to choose to love them. Yes, yeah. Can yeah. you say more about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, one of, you know, one of my greatest joys of being a focused missionary has been my teammates and my team life. So it's like the greatest joy, but, you know, in that joy, there are these challenges of, yeah, learning how to love and, yeah, being able to serve your team 
even first before the students, we say like the way that we should prioritize like on mission is God, our team, and then the students. Because if our team is not strong and united, then our mission is really going to struggle. Um, and so really prioritizing my teammates and loving them and caring for them and serving them. Um, yeah, it requires just a lot more death to self, which is beautiful um, and a really cool opportunity to like enter into what like how to be jesus for another person um being able to serve your teammates which has its challenges like i said but truly was one of the greatest joys of being a missionary so yeah you just described parenthood (laughs) there you (laughs) You go (laughs) well but seriously i mean the greatest challenges uh really do end up leading to being the the greatest joys Mm -hmm. you know you talked about uh just dying to yourself, to yourself and just the suffering, you know, and, and you, you actually said it's beautiful, death to self. I'm like, ah, beautiful. You know, um, only Catholics, we only get it. you know, but, but there's something very real and true about that. But if we're not praying, yeah. it's not beautiful. Right. It's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's messy. And I really liked mm-hmm. what you said too. Not that it matters that I liked it, but I can identify mm-hmm. just in the sense, uh, talking about team, how God, team, and then those you're ministering mm-hmm. to. Um, this is in, in the family life. Yeah. God, husband and wife, and the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough thing. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're almost sometimes leaving the kids hanging. You sometimes you feel like you're leaving those you're ministering, ministering to hanging. The mm-hmm. college students like, yeah, but if we don't have this right, yeah, then that's going to be really gross. It's yeah. just not going to go. Now, God can use it, and God does use it. He's been yes. doing it, you know, for millennia. <laughs> mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the priority of how we strive to go about it. So I, mm-hmm. I love it. Well, you mentioned team life could also be a joy. What were some of the other joys you experienced and saw? Oh, just getting to be with the women that I have walked with has been such an incredible joy. And watching them want to share Christ with others, I think is the greatest joy to just see the light in their eyes just come on when they realize yeah. like, wow, this is amazing. I need to tell everyone about the Lord. And they start to lead Bible studies. Or I remember one girl that I was working with this past year, she is a sophomore, she was a sophomore. And I've been just investing in her and, you know, growing in friendship with her since she came as a freshman. And she started leading a Bible study this fall or this past fall for the first time and was very nervous about it, but everyone was coming to her Bible study. They just loved it. And so, um, and I remember near the at the end of the year she started to share the gospel individually with these women and invite them to take a step in making Jesus the center of their life and she texted me um just this past spring and she was like I just shared the gospel with a girl while we were on a run and I'm like that's amazing and so I think those are those moments have the most joy to just see them get excited about sharing the Lord. And then I've also been, it's just been such a gift because a lot of the women that I've walked with, um, especially in their senior year, have discerned um, to be a focused missionary. So, a lot of the women in my Bible studies, a lot of the women that I've had the gift to disciple have become focused missionaries. And so, I think that's been a really beautiful um, journey to witness and to just see them like from their freshman year or their sophomore year or their junior year, wherever it was when I encountered them and met them the first time to get to walk with them and challenge them and invite them to serve the Lord with focus. And then they give their yes. And it's just beautiful to see um, the way that the Lord works in their lives. And so that's been a joy. And then 
working with the Newman Center staff has been a great joy. I will dearly love the chaplains at the Newman Center and all of the um, staff that I've been able to work with. So that has been a great joy yeah. too. <laughs> relationship. So much yeah. comes back to relationship yeah. and, and everything you've said about it and pursuing them, investing in them, not just in those that you're ministering to, but investing with your teammates, investing with the Newman Center staff, mm-hmm. you know, the ministry team. Uh, you're constantly in pursuit. You're constantly giving of yourself. Um, and so I, I want to come back to the value of you're giving so much away the importance of filling yourself anew. Mm -hmm. And so beautiful that you had the opportunity and that you did. You had the opportunity, but you also acted on it. You went to Mass daily or almost every day, Mm -hmm. and you're making a holy hour every day, Mm -hmm. just filling yourself up. And so it really is, like, you're just kind of a a porthole, it sounds like. Really, when they encounter you, they're encountering the Lord. That's and the hope. <laughs> exactly. Right? And that's, that's what we're desiring. That's what we're desiring with our presence radio. Mm-hmm. You know, you're listening. If you're encountering us, really, uh, the objective is that you encounter the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things I, I think I've seen with Focus um, is they really are doing whatever they can to create, and this is my phrase now, I guess, uh, and I probably took it from someone, mm-hmm. but to create a place and space for others to encounter Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then and the reality is, is when we encounter Jesus, we cannot go away unchanged. Yeah. You know? And so I think sometimes, you know, in a world that so wants to be able to measure the success, quote unquote, mm-hmm. of so many things, faith is a very difficult thing mm-hmm. to measure. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I can imagine on a college campus, you know, you're pouring yourself into, you said one of the biggest challenges into some of these women and it's, you're constantly proposing and reproposing the, the truth of Jesus Christ. And they're just either not accepting it, or you just you see them battling. You see that mm-hmm. tug of war, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, I, if you haven't been told, I just want to say thanks. Because college campuses are amongst the trenches mm-hmm. of the spiritual battle that we are in. Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of people, they, I think a lot of people are nervous about going to a college yeah. campus oh, yeah. uh, because um, they, can be a, uh, they can be a cesspool of sin, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and yet, what were the greatest joys? When you see it click. Yeah. You know, and a person is transformed and changed mm-hmm. because they encountered not so much Rachel Ojeda, but they encountered Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, so much. And we have to be <laughs> done. We're, we're at our break. Um, Rachel Thank you so much. Um, we might even actually have you stay on just for like a minute to say how would a person connect to focus. So okay. please, if you're listening, keep tuning in Great. for just a couple more minutes. Oh, we've got 30 seconds left. Oh, we got 30 seconds left. Speak to it. What's a person say, or what's a person do to apply for focus? Oh, well, um, we have lots of weekends and stuff going on in the fall. Um, so if you're interested in being a focused missionary, you can apply and see where the Lord takes you. Help come this fall or spring. Is there a website? Yes. Focus.apply.org, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Focus.apply. <laughs> Something like that. You can Google it. Google Focus. <laughs>